make. Uh, of course, the Lady Gators gymnastics is taking off. Uh, for those of you that uh, follow gymnastics, uh, the Lady Gators are ranked number two in the country. And Melden Law, because we are the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, is able to score tickets to these sold-out events. We're giving away a package of four tickets plus a $100 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill. Uh, for uh, whoever enters, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Melden Law, and you will be able to enter the contest and uh, we've gotten tremendous response. Uh, as a special, we're also giving away two more tickets with a $50 gift certificate. So you have two chances uh, to win. So uh, go to Melden Law Facebook page and you can uh, win this fabulous package and see the Lady Gators. These, uh, uh, the Lady Gator gymnastics are uh, an example of what you're going to see in the Olympics coming up because several of the members of the uh, team are going to be in the Olympics representing the United States. So this is a really exciting time for us. In addition, uh, the men's basketball team uh, is uh, really uh, doing a great job as far as uh, showing up and uh, make, we, we want a big game overtime uh, recently. So uh, stay in touch with uh, us on for men's basketball giveaway. Uh, upcoming January 16th, Mississippi State. Again, we have a package of four tickets and a $100 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill, as well as a $50 gift certificate uh, with a package of two tickets. And on January 22nd, Vanderbilt is coming to town. And uh, we have another package of four tickets and a $100 gift certificate, plus a package of two tickets and a $50 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill. So uh, please take advantage of it. Uh, we're broadcasting from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill right now. And if uh, those of you that have been here know, it's uh, an amazing museum and also a great restaurant. Uh, the combination is uh, unbeatable. So uh, come out and visit our friends at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. It's in Gainesville at Celebration Point. Today we have some uh, excellent uh, guests. Um, our good friends from Mile Mark, which uh, our uh, website uh, developers and partners from Meldalar here. Uh, we have Russell Greenstein along with Mark Weinstock. How are you gentlemen doing today? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, would it? Now, you're out here at uh, uh, the Spurs Gridiron Grill. What's your impression of this uh, amazing place? Well, this place is, is unbelievable. I've never been to a restaurant like it. I, I can't wait to try the food, but just walking around the place, there's really amazing trophies, uh, rings, you know, all these awards. It's really very impressive to see. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, we, we have a lot of viewers and listeners uh, to the show, and uh, many of them uh, go to websites, but they don't know uh, what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the origins of Mile Mark, your, your background, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of let's get the show started as far as uh, 
what a website developer company is all about. Sure. Well, I, I guess we can start. Uh, both Russell and I worked together for a number of years, uh, and we came from a national marketing company. I was there actually for 19 years. Actually, I started with them before the internet even uh, was, was, was launched, so it was a book company. Uh, but they for, quickly migrated their early adopter into web marketing and uh, was there for 19 years and might have still been there. But, the, you know, fate had it that uh, they sold the company and all of a sudden uh, decided, what are we going to do? And Russell and I and a third partner, uh, Jay, uh, decided to form this company. We're a boutique. We've been in the business for, I've been 20 years plus and said, why not stick with something that we knew, which was legal marketing and law firm marketing. And uh, so we formed this company. Um, we're a boutique marketing firm, and we started in Florida. Russell lives down in South Florida. I'm in Tampa. And we started in Florida, but now we're in 39 states across the country, typically working with uh, small consumer-facing firms that don't have the resource to have an old in-house marketing department and need a turnkey solution where we can customize their solutions for what they want, whether it's website design, development, social media, search engine optimization, AdWords, you name it. We can customize it based on their needs, their budgets, and try to maximize visibility for them on the web. Now, in developing a website for a law firm, uh, how do you start? What are some of the things that you uh, do when you initially interview a law firm and try to figure out uh, what the, the next step is? So... The first thing that we need to do is determine what makes the law firm different from the other lawyer that's down the street. So we understand the lawyer's uh, experience, the practice areas, the goals, the targets that he's trying to uh, attract, and then we develop a strategy. The first part of the strategy would be the design of the website. What's going to separate your website you know, from the, from the lawyer down the street? accolades, case results, reviews. We put that into a website design. And then when we deploy the marketing strategy, it's all about putting your website in front of people that have the propensity to retain you for your services. So what are yeah, some- we wanna, we wanna, I'm sorry, Jeff. We want to also make sure that uh, we're personalized. There are so many websites out there and certainly in the legal vertical, a lot of sites can look the same. So the more we can personalize the website, to cater to whether it's the colors or the images, whether they want something more contemporary or old school, we want to make sure that when you have a website, it's basically the first time someone's virtually walking through the front door of that law firm. So it's the same as your lobby at your, at your office. You want to make a certain impression. So we want to focus heavily on what that impression is going to be and try to capture the vision that the firm has and how they want to be portrayed from a perception standpoint. Mark, is it fair to say that these principles apply to our uh, uh, viewers and listeners who have companies that aren't law firms? Absolutely. Absolutely. Your website is like, you know, Jimmy Buffett says, like Margarita, where is it? Anywhere you want to be. You can be anything you want to be on the, on the, on the Internet. So no matter what type of business you have or what your service or your clientele may be, it can be customized to, to, to fit that vision. And uh, like any website, whether it's uh, services or sporting goods, you want to make sure that you do everything you can to certainly find people find your website. And once they're there, spend time and hopefully pick up the phone or stop by or send an email and get conversions. So it's having people find your website and then driving conversions from that site in the form of activity. 
And how does having a unique value proposition or a unique selling proposition um, assist in uh, driving people to the website? In this market where it's, it's incredibly competitive, you need to really have that, have that vision that's different than another lawyer or another business that's down the street. So the idea is to um, separate yourself in reality um, by you know, creating this custom designed website and marketing strategy that's going to uh, really target and get you in front of those ideal clients. One of the things that uh, Google, who is uh, the number one search engine in the world, uh, what are some of the things they're looking for, whether it's a law firm or any business, uh, as far as uh, ranking high for, the, uh, for a Google search? There's a lot of moving parts to a search engine optimization strategy. Think of it like a car engine or an automatic watch. It's not just one thing that you do. It's a combination of everything working together. Some of those things could be the content that's on the website, how fast the website loads, the title tags, the metadata, um, the URL, the way that the site is indexed, the site map. Those are just a few of the things that go into putting together an effective strategy. Yeah, and Google is certainly, we are at Google's mercy, Jeff. I mean, there's no way around it. Uh, they have about 73% of the uh, market share when it comes to search engines. So they've kind of, every web provider like us and or anyone else that does what we do, you have to stay on top. Google will change their algorithms about 500 times a year to keep people on their toes so you can't try to cheat the system. But one thing that's been a constant for a number of years now is there's two major drivers for website SEO. One's going to be content. Google loves content. Uh, they want to see fresh content. They want to see a frequency of content. They want to see a certain number of words on the page. And they don't want a static website. And the second thing that Google wants is who is, who is driving traffic to that website? What links are on the back end? You hear the term backlinks. Back, you know, University of Florida, if you have a mention of your website on the University of Florida's website, that's a very powerful link because it's a, it's a .edu, which is a hard domain to have linking back to a, a website. So the more of these high authority, they call them, uh, trustworthy websites that link back to your website, you in turn, your, your authority of your individual website, whether you're a law firm or any other business, will go up. And relatively speaking, the higher your authority is versus your competition is going to dictate how you rank. So our goal is to move the needle on authority through all these best practices. And then if we can move the needle to a point where we're above or exceed our competition, we're going to rank better in the long run. So what are strategies for, you know, say uh, I own a restaurant and I want to uh, uh, figure out a way to get uh, some backlinks. What, what's an example of a strategy that, you know, a, a, a business owner can utilize to uh, increase their authority with Google? They could um, contact local media companies to get an inbound link, uh, contact um, various directories on the web, Yelp, even Google My Business, uh, Yahoo Maps, Bing Maps, Apple Maps. Those are all links that, that head back to the website. So I would start off with some of the major directories and citations. And you were the, talking, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I would also just piggyback on that. I mean, and certainly there's a lot of regional uh, directories. And so, you know, on Google, there's a map section of Google, the Mac, you know, the, the, the map pack, and then you have the organic. That map section is dictated by local businesses. So the more visibility you have on regional publications, whether it's, you know, City Search or Info USA, Yellow Pages, et cetera, the more 
places that your business shows up with contact information and information and, and just overall information about what that business does will help you know your position along with reviews reviews is something we can talk more about but reviews are critical these days in the eyes of google so as a local business you have higher number of reviews that's going to help dictate your position we were talking about what uh, the overall goal is of uh, Google as far as uh, you know user experience. Uh, could you just address that for a minute? So when you think about Google's job, their one job is to give the searcher the best experience possible. And that comes from the content that's on the website, how fast the website loads. It comes from uh, the, the frequency of content that's on the website. It comes from um, other, other directories uh, that are pointing to your website. There's, there's so many different factors that play into that. So Google, if, if you're developing a website, the starting point is to think of uh, you, the consumer who are say, I, I'm using the example of a restaurant, uh, what, if somebody wants to find a good restaurant near them, uh, what uh, are, you know, what is it about your particular business that's going to um, attract somebody and what information can Google provide so you make the best choice? Is that how it works? Yeah, you know, I think psychologically, people, consumers feel like if it's on the first page of Google, it must be the right choice because they're on the first page of Google. So, I mean, I know it's not 100% accurate because of course, if you effectively optimize a restaurant's website, you can be on page one, but psychologically thinking you need to, that's why rankings are so important because if you're not on page one, 72% of the people are, are not gonna ever see your website to begin with, to even consider you. Gentlemen, this is an exciting interview. We're gonna take a 60 second break and we will be back on Melden Law and Friends. We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melden Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gator. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I am Jeffrey Melden, attorney and founder of Melden Law. Uh, we have a great show today. Uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, we also have a live call in radio show every Saturday morning on WSKY, The Sky, 97.3. Tune in Saturday mornings, 1030. Uh, we love to hear from you. And uh, the show is entering its 20th year on the air. So uh, we're very proud of that. It's the largest legal affairs radio show in the Southeast United States. Uh, continuous 
on the air every Saturday for 20 years. And I'll tell you, uh, there's some Saturdays when uh, it was hard waking up, but uh, we've uh, uh, continued to make it fun and exciting. Uh, our podcast now is um, almost uh, a year and a quarter, and we're uh, entering our uh, something like uh, 67th, 68th show. So we're very excited that Melden Law and Friends is also uh, entering the realm of uh, a regular featured program presented by Melden Law for everybody to learn. And uh, segueing into that, uh, we have these great um, guests who happen to be our webmasters, uh, Russell Greenstein and Mark Weinstock, uh, who help us at Melden Law figure out strategies so we can provide the best information for people that are looking for legal services. The same principles apply whether uh, you're in a restaurant business or you're selling, uh, you know, clothes or anything else. People uh, use the web more and more now than they've ever used it to search for whatever services they're interested in. Uh, gentlemen, what are some of the trends that you see in 2022 uh, as far as uh, website and, and the usage uh, around the world? Keep getting reviews. Um, there's a lot of people out there that, strict, that strictly look up businesses based upon the reviews that are on there. Google reviews, Yelp, um, Facebook reviews. Um, that's something that's definitely critical and you should never take your foot off the gas pedal in terms of getting more. Don't get stagnant. Um, the next thing is, you know, content. Content comes in all shapes and forms. Um, you could have content in the form of videos. It could be, it could be radio shows, podcasts, uh, text, con you know, contextual content. Um, that's something that's going to continue to you, uh, keep your website unique um, and separate you from the competition. Um, what's changing now is that the search engines are looking for more uh, easy reading content. It doesn't have to be, hey, what does the search engine want? It's let's go, what's going to give the user the best experience. So write naturally for the websites. So if, if I have a, a business and I want to uh, increase my content, you, what you're suggesting is uh, write stories about what's going on in the business, something that uh, a consumer looking for uh, a good, whether it's a, a store or a restaurant, whatever the business is, talk about your business and, and write naturally versus uh, some uh, carefully designed strategy to uh, attract uh, Google. Uh, in the old days, you used to fill it with uh, certain keywords, right? And uh, all it would be is, you know, uh, there'd be a, we're a lawyer in Gainesville, Florida. And by the way, if uh, you live in Gainesville, Florida, and you want a right. lawyer, uh, come to us because we're going to provide great legal services for you. And you know, what you're saying is that kind of content is uh, becoming obsolete. Google's gotten very smart. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. So it, it's not as easy as it used to be, but yes, I mean, content, you're absolutely right, Jeff. Um, certainly, a lot of it is not, it's the frequency of content, but it's also the, the subject matter and the topics. I mean, certainly people have short attention spans. So if they come across something that catches their eye, uh, they're more inclined to sit there and read it. So titles of the uh, blogs is very beneficial. Uh, and the formats of where that content is, it's not just on the, on the web. It's going to be on all the social media platforms. 
I mean, that's where a huge continues to evolve. But I mean, you know, years ago, it was just Facebook and then LinkedIn and then Instagram comes along. And now it's Snapchat and TikTok videos. And it's just so many mediums out there. And it's and those are certain industries were certainly probably generated more business through social media and branding than others. But even in the legal profession now, that's becoming where that, you know, Instagram is now important. TikTok's become important. So uh, every industry is impacted by social media these days. And uh, that's another place to put your form, your content. It's just any type of content can be helpful, whether it's a 30 second video or a 400 page blog. These are all beneficial from a content standpoint. So if somebody uh, has a restaurant, if they tell everyday stories about uh, an experience that happened, that's something that now has more value than it might have a long time ago? Feature meals, take pictures, you know, pu push out that content to, uh, to the social networks, uh, put it out onto the website, and even your Google My Business listing, which is a free listing that you can get directly from Google. And... What are some of the um, suggestions you have as far as getting a website uh, built and started? Uh, I know for lawyers, uh, we would we always uh, tell them go to Milemark because you guys do a great job. What if uh, you know I got a little clothing store? How would you go about searching for somebody to help you develop a website? Well, I would ideally, no matter what industry, if you can find uh, a company, a provider that that focuses as a niche in that industry, that would be beneficial. So, you know, if you have a retailer, I'd find, you know, maybe some other retail sites that you've seen that you're impressed with, because even like in our profession, as, as you know, we work with only with lawyers. So we know what goes into best practices uh, when doing a law firm website. It's going to be different if I, I have a pizza shop at the end of the street. But a couple other things to keep in mind, the websites themselves, um, ideally, you want to have a custom website as opposed to like a template or do-it-yourself website. By having a template site, you're limiting your potential because you're in a basically imaginary border around that website that's gonna limit how well you can rank. So technically there is some things to consider when it comes to your website. Um, but having someone from a content standpoint that can help you with content, since content's so important, uh, that that's, that's critical because you need to not just have great images, but you gotta have content on the back end to help rank that website. So find someone that's that's in that industry, is familiar with it, and you've seen some of their work so you can verify that, they're, that they know what they're doing. And how would you go about finding them? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I know a lot of our clients come to us because they see other other work that we've done, you know, or they go to do a search. One thing you'd start with is do a search on Google and find out who's showing up there from an SEO, you know, so if you see certain businesses that are the web provider for that company and they're ranking very well, that's a good starting point because they're obviously doing some of the right things to get there. And so that's a good starting point. And then I would go into their individual websites and evaluate their portfolio and see, you know, if you like the look and feel or their style and, and how well it's customized. So I would start with doing Google searches and see, check out a competitive analysis of who's performing because they're probably doing a lot of the right things that they would do on your behalf as well. I would also check with the company to see who else they're working with because you don't want to have you know, a web provider working with 10 of your competitors in the same market because not everybody can be happy, Jeff, at that point. There's only 10 spots on the organic section. There's three spots in the map. So Ideally, like someone like us, we limit how many firms we work with because we want to make sure that all of our clients can perform and be on page one. We don't 
we, we limit ourselves purposely, intentionally, because we need to generate, you know, performance. And you can't have 15 people all doing the same thing in the same market, whether I'm a restaurant or an accounting service and, and, and rank. Russell, what are your thoughts on that? Well, there's, in, in addition to doing Google searches and, and finding out who is a leader in the industry, another thing that you can do um, is actually build a website yourself. And so where do you go there? So the first thing to do would look up a, a WordPress website. A WordPress, you could have a, a custom theme or a template where as a business owner, if you don't have a lot of time, you could do a plug and play and create the website and download, you know, photos. And then you could write a little bit of content just to get something up there. So if you're a brand new restaurant or a brand new hair salon and you want to have a nice website, but you may not have the resources to spend a lot of money right from the outset on a, on a full custom website, there are services out there like WordPress and Squarespace that you can create your own site. And you know, sometimes at the bottom of the home page, you'll see who's uh, doing, who's the webmaster, right? On, on uh, websites, is that is that a strategy you might employ? You know, go to page one and then go to their website and then go to the bottom and see who's doing their uh, their webmaster work. Absolutely, and that's kind of exactly. You do a search for. Who, for someone, you do whatever industry it may be, take a look at the websites. Most websites will have a, a list, a mention of the, of the web provider at the bottom. It's kind of our signature, just like a piece of art on the wall. Um, so look to see who, who did that. And then you can usually, there's a link right into that company's website off the bottom sometimes that you can drill right into, or just go to Google and search for, for it. But that's, that's, that's why most web providers put their name in the bottom because that's the only way, you, that's our signature Everything we're doing is proprietary, and that's how you find out, you know, who the author is behind it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it, it is like uh, an artist because what you do is, is art. Uh, it's um, customized to uh, each individual business, and what works in uh, for one law firm or in one city may not translate completely to another market. Absolutely, one of the things that we do as a best practice is whenever we have a a market that we're, you know, have a new client, we do a competitive analysis of the, the landscape. And because we're going to find that you'll find that top performing websites will have some similarities in the back end of who they're, who's linking back to them. A good example is down in Miami. We noticed that a lot of the top performing sites had uh, a link on Miami Heat's business page of their website. So for $500, you can buy a link on the Miami Heat's website and link it back to your individual business website. And so one of our link building strategies was to make sure that we bought links like that for our South Florida clients. Well, a lot of people uh, want to know about websites because the fact is it's only growing. Uh, do, you, do you see a, um, a huge trend as far as the number of people using websites to find goods and services? Yeah, over 90% of people out there do research on the internet to determine what the best service is, whether it's um, a restaurant, it could be, uh, you know, a product or a good or going to Best Buy and looking at the reviews or even looking up law firms, people do go right to the internet. And the majority of searches are actually now done on a mobile device. So that could be your iPhone, a droid is actually generating more search traffic than laptops and desktops. Again, um, I'm talking with Russell Greenstein and Mark Weinstock from Mile Mark, and uh, 
as long as you're not in uh, the Meldon Law Market, uh, please contact Mile Mark uh, <laughs> if you are a law firm because they do great work. And uh, we've been very, very pleased to have you as a guest on Meldon Law and friends. And we look forward to having you back because this has been a fascinating conversation. And uh, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate it. See ya. Okay. We are ready to take a three-minute break. And we'll be back on Melvin Law and Friends. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melvin Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight. And neither do we. Oh my gosh! I can't even believe this! Look! Look what you have done to my truck! Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault! I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This lady here, this crazy lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. We still hear it. The sound of victory the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. Welcome back to Melvin Law and Friends, our weekly podcast from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, which is such an exciting place. Uh, we love having uh, our podcast here. It's really fun. And uh, for those of you that have not uh, been here yet, uh, make a point. It's at Celebration Point in 
Gainesville, Florida, and uh, it's worth the drive. If uh, you're not from Gainesville, people are actually coming from all over the country uh, to uh, check it out. It's a museum, it's a restaurant, and it's an experience that you uh, want to have. Uh, again, I want to uh, remind everybody, go to uh, Melden Law's Facebook page. We're giving away tickets to this week's gymnastic event, Lady Gators number two in the country. And uh, with the lineup uh, that they have and the uh, performance that they had, they are very likely to be uh, number one in the country soon. Uh, they have uh, Olympic caliber athletes. So uh, we're giving away uh, uh, four tickets to uh, uh, the gymnastic event this coming Sunday against Alabama 245. Uh, and we're also giving away a package of uh, two tickets. And uh, with the package of four, we have a $100 gift certificate to Harry's Seafood Bar and Grill. And with the $50, uh, with the two tickets, we have a fifth, uh, the ad for uh, the free ticket giveaway. And uh, we try to make it fun and easy. We're also giving away tickets to the men's basketball game January 19th from with Mississippi State and January 22nd with Vanderbilt. Uh, our second guest today uh, is Lewis Stokes, who is uh, uh, the big, big uh, honcho at uh, Cape Country. And uh, we want to uh, welcome you. How are you doing today, Lewis? Well, it's a beautiful day today. It's a great day to be a Florida Gator. And uh, I, I'm so excited to be talking to you, Jeffrey. Yeah, well, I see you're wearing a gator hat, uh, so you must be an incredibly smart human being. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Lewis, uh, I want to start in the beginning. How did you get into the radio business? It was back in 1980, uh, about 42 years ago. I got started in radio. I was 16 years old. I was a junior in high school. And... Uh, I just, I got the job by accident, totally. My brother-in-law owned a car dealership in Lake City, and he was recording a commercial onto a reel-to-reel -reel deck, and I was at his house watching him record the commercial and read the script, and he kept messing up, and I laughed at him. He threw the script at me, and he said, why don't you try it then? So I took the microphone, read the script. We jumped into his car, ran to the radio station, knocked on the door. The night DJ took the tape, and he told the DJ, use the best cut on the tape, meaning his voice. <laughs> well, the night DJ used my voice, and then the uh, station owner the next day called my brother-in-law and said, who's that new voice on your commercial? And uh, he said, I don't have a new voice. He said, yes, you do. And then he figured out it was me. The owner of the radio station said, well, give, tell him to come by the radio station and we may have a job for him. And I was working there the next day. And wow. here I am. Yeah. Uh, how about your brother? My brother-in-law. Yeah. He, oh, uh, brother-in-law. Yeah. Hey. Brother-in-law. Yeah. He, uh, he basically is the guy that got me into radio just by a fluke by being on his commercial by mistake. So here I well, am. That's, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, uh, now, uh, what town were you in uh, when you got into radio? That was in uh, Lake City, Florida, uh, just north of Gainesville, a little bitty radio station there. And, uh, and I've been to Maine and Jacksonville and uh, 
here at K Country for 28 years now. So, uh, yeah, I, it's been a good long run. Tell us a little bit about the history of K Country. Yeah, K Country used to be Z93, a top 40 station. And uh, rumor had it it was going country uh, back in 1994. And all the DJs were leaving the radio station because they didn't want to work at a country station. I found out about the rumor. I applied for a job there at Z93 gambling that it would be a country station because I love country music. And uh, sure enough, about two months later, it switched to uh, K-Country, March 11th, 1994. And I was the first DJ on K-Country at 5 p.m. playing the national anthem. So, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Uh, tell us about the, uh, the reach of the station. Uh, you know, how, how, how many people do you, uh, you know, reach? Well, we have 100,000 watts. That's the most power that the FCC will allow a radio station to have. And that means we broadcast from Jacksonville to Orlando, to Daytona Beach, to Cedar Key. Uh, we cover a huge area, probably uh, 100 100,000 or more potential listeners in that area. Our, our tower is actually taller than the Empire State Building. We've had skydivers sky base jump off that uh, antenna, and we've had to send a law after them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the antenna located? It's in Anthony. Uh, John Travolta sometimes flies his jet over our antenna when he uh, lands at his... Uh, house in Anthony. I've seen that before when he flies his jet over. So, uh, so how it, tall, is, how tall is your uh, antenna? It is, uh, over 50, it's taller than the empire state building. So it's about 1500 feet or more, something like that. So pretty tall. Wow. Well, and, and so that really helps the reach of the station, right? Having it uh, centrally located and, uh, also tall, and uh, so those are yes. things uh, that, that really help. So uh, I want to hear uh, a little bit about, you know, what is it like, the day-to-day -day stuff of uh, being in the radio business? Yeah, day-to-day -day, uh, being on the radio, when I get here, I get here about 8 o'clock in the morning, and I uh, prepare for my show for about an hour and a half, and then I spend another bit of time putting commercials together, recording commercials in the recording studio. Then I go on the radio from 10 to 3. And then when I get off the radio at 3, I'm doing more commercials, more production work, then do personal appearances, uh, charity events, and uh, get out and about in the community, uh, chamber mixers, and like the grand opening of your Ocala office. I was at that. Had a great time with Coach Spurrier and you and Albert in Alberta. That was wonderful, that event you put on. Well, thanks a lot. I, uh, you know, it, it was uh, fun. And, you know, we consider it a great honor to be, you know, the only official uh, injury law firm partner of the Gators because yes. when you live in Gator country, I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what more could you wish for, right? Right. And I love it. <laughs> And being a radio guy, I love the TV commercials, too. Those are some of the funniest commercials you put together and uh, really enjoy those. You do a great job. Well, thank you. You know, uh, I kind of follow the uh, lead of the insurance industry because, 
you know, when you turn on TV, uh, you see more uh, Geico and progressive ads and State Farm and Liberty Mutual ads, you know, and you also see a lot of lawyer ads, right? So, uh, and then you see a lot of people, a lot of car salesman ads, right? You know, selling cars. So in some ways, if you're in the personal injury law business, right? Uh, you know, the the car is the uh, a kind of uh, central theme of all of those businesses, right? Yeah, or a, go- or a golf cart. <laughs> yeah, or a golf cart, whatever. <laughs> I saw and, that one. Well, you know what? I think I think when people turn on TV, they appreciate or radio, listening to radio, they appreciate some humor because uh, yes, you know you know, uh, there's enough serious stuff that goes on in our lives that uh, laughter sometimes, uh, you know, makes us feel a little healthier. I totally agree. It's good for the soul, no doubt. Yeah. What do you do on uh, K-Country to, uh, you know, help people uh, laugh? Uh, Well, I always try to find stories uh, on the internet or wherever I can that people can relate to. I like talking about eating junk food or or, uh, you know, like uh, Burger King's coming out with this new burger or just stuff that off the wall that people uh, I think can relate to or or some drink is coming out that people want to try or 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 I'll tell a story from my own life, my life experiences uh, growing up in Williston. Uh, I used to dream about being a radio DJ when I was a little kid, when I was eight or nine years old. I used to pretend to be a DJ and uh, just to uh, be able to grow up and broadcast into my hometown now on K-Country. I mean, I'm living the dream uh, being on the radio on K-Country. So when you were a little kid, uh, what radio stations uh, were you able to listen to? Oh, wow. Yeah. WDVH. Uh, that was the AM country station I used to listen to. I used to listen to uh, uh, RUF back in the day, you know, and the talk shows at night. And uh, actually, one of the DJs, uh, Ralph Hip, who was at WRUF, he uh, kind of was my role model and inspired me to want to get into radio. I saw him do a speech one time in Archer back in 76. 1976 at the Bicentennial, and uh, when he spoke, I said, man, I would love to be in radio one day, and then about four years later in 1980, uh, got into radio. Uh, I know that a lot of people um, are have access now to other mediums besides radio. Mm-hmm. What do you see as, as far as the, the future of radio, and how many people are listening to um, radio, uh, what do you call it? Terrestrial radio or something? Yes. That, mm-hmm. So the kind of, yeah. when you're in your car and you turn on, uh, you know, your local radio station and, and people now though, can, you know, they can go on other kinds of sources like Spotify and, and get music. Sure. Uh, what do you see as some of the trends that are going on with all of that? Well, uh, in radio, we know we have a lot of competition from Spotify and, and, and other streaming services, YouTube and all that. But you can't be live and local with local radio. When you turn on the radio, 93.7 K Country, you can find out about that traffic accident on University in Maine uh, that you're not going to find anywhere else. 
uh, you're going to find out about that local concert when uh, Garth Brooks comes to the uh, stadium or or something like that, or uh, changes in the weather, uh, hurricanes coming. You can't get that on those other platforms. So to me, live and local is always going to win. And I think uh, the research and the surveys bear that out, that uh, radio is still strong, still viable, and people do still listen to the radio. I can attest to that. Yeah, I know that, you know, I think TV um, has greater challenges than radio uh, because of what you're talking about, live and local versus with TV. If you can get the same TV program um, through a source that's uh, less expensive and uh, right. then so the, the challenges in TV may be uh, greater as far as the local stations uh, versus what's going on with radio. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And, and uh, like I said, with the radio, it's free. <laughs> you don't have to pay anything. And uh, I'm going to entertain you as best I can, too, when I'm on the radio. Well, that's really, um, you know, interesting. I, I think that uh, I've always been a loved radio. You know, when I drive in my car, you know, I turn on the local radio. I want to hear what's going on in the community. And I think that uh, the time you spend preparing for the show to make it a more informative, more entertaining is really something that uh, the listeners rely on. I know a lot of people, not only in their car, when they go to, when they get to work or when they uh, are at home, they're turning on the radio. Uh, so, uh, you know, we appreciate your hard work. All right. Anyhow, we are going to take a one minute break. You know about this, Lewis, because you're in the business. So this is Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden. We're going to be back in one minute. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, We haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. We are here with Lewis Stokes, who is uh, the uh, program director at K-Country. Uh, is that correct, Lewis? <laughs> My program director probably wouldn't like that. I'm the production director. So production I, I put, director. <laughs> I put in midday right. announcer. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyhow, uh, <laughs> we're very glad. We're very glad to uh, have you on uh, as our guest. And you know, one of the things that I'm interested in is, uh, you know, some of the inside stories. You know, what are some some funny or interesting stories uh, you can share with our uh, uh, viewers and listeners about you know the radio 
and your experience? Yeah, um, so many stories come to mind, uh, uh, practical jokes where other DJs try to make you laugh on the radio when uh, you say that they can't make you laugh. I remember one time I was in, at the radio station in Lake City, and, and I was pretty uh, uh, bragging on myself. I was young and confident, and I said, nobody can make me laugh on the radio. You know, I, I can keep a straight face. And uh, so one evening I was I was reading this serious story about, you know, like a death or something like that. And all of a sudden I see this streaker go by the, the plexiglass in front of me, right? <laughs> went right by me. And I just burst out laughing during that serious story. And it was oh, it was terrible. My boss called and the family that was involved in the uh, tragedy called and was so upset. And I was just, oh my goodness. But he got me. He made, <laughs> he, he made me laugh on the radio. So, uh, um, and I guess another backstage thing is going backstage to concerts. Um, a lot of people will ask me who's the nicest person backstage at a concert. And uh, hands down, it's Garth Brooks. He is one of the nicest, accommodating, uh, friendly people you'll ever meet backstage. He makes you feel like you're the only person in the world at that moment when you're back there with him. And a funny story, Jeffrey, uh, back in 1990, Garth was at the O'Connell Center back when it had an inflatable roof back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, and I was escorted backstage to meet Garth Brooks. And there's this guy standing outside the door. He looked like a cool dude. And as I got closer and looked him in the eye, it was Billy Joel. And Billy Joel was standing outside Garth's dressing room in Gainesville, looked me in the eye, nodded at me, because I was like that. And he gave me that look like, yes, I'm Billy Joel. This is before you had the cell phone camera and you could take a picture and do all that. So I couldn't capture a selfie with him. Then I went in to meet Garth Brooks and I hung out with him for about 15 minutes. And then Billy Joel came in and Billy Joel performed at that concert that night uh, on the grand piano at the uh, concert at the O'Connell Center. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Garth Brooks, I think, uh, revolutionized uh, performance for con uh, country yes. art. You know, Took it to another level. He did. I mean, country artists, you know, I've, I've always been a fan of country music, and I remember going to the Grand Ole Opry 40, 50 years ago and, uh, you know, seeing it in its original state and all that. And, yes. Uh, uh, and, it, it, you know, it was pretty cool and country. Uh, I've always enjoyed country shows. Uh, back in uh, the 1970s, I owned the Great Southern Music Hall. And, uh, yeah, I remember that. So our, our first show... Um, was uh, uh, Earl Scruggs and Lester Flat? Okay, yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did the they, theme. They, you know, yeah. I mean, those guys were uh, consummate professionals and were were really nice. We had them I think two two shows on uh, Friday night and two shows on Saturday night. Uh, they sold out the house, and wow. they were they, they were so nice. And for Gainesville, it was a big deal uh, because uh, anybody yeah. that you know had, had listened to country music, you know, knew that they were uh, legends. Yes, uh, they were. 
and they, uh, you know, they really uh, it, it impressed me uh, as far as their, uh, their, not only their performance, how nice they were. I got to meet them backstage and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, really enjoyed uh, the, the way that they helped us open up uh, the station. I've always been uh, a, a big fan of country music and uh, I'm, I'm married right now, but when I was single a while back, I dated a girl who knew a lot about country music and so for for about a year, I listened to nothing but country music. <laughs> and that's the best way to learn about country music, right? That's, you do what you got to do. So uh, I, I enjoy your Tom Petty stories that I've heard you tell as well. That just intrigues me when you tell me about his first contract that was signed and performing at dubs and and just all those great stories. Uh, and just the fact that Tom Petty came from Gainesville it's cool to me. It's just the greatest. Well, so one of my favorite Tom Petty stories is uh, I'm a young lawyer. Uh, Tom Petty and I had worked on the Mud Crutch Festivals together. And so when I opened up my office, you know, I said, uh, Tom, uh, you know, I'd like to help you. He said, well, I'd like you to help me, Jeffrey. So uh, we, we came in. I said, uh, what do you want to do? He said, well, I want to get some uh, live performing gigs, you know, uh, he had been working at Dubs, he wanted to expand a little bit. So the first gig I got him was the Holiday Inn in Lake City. Wow, okay. <laughs> Where I started in radio. <laughs> so, you know, it's right on US 90 and I-75 yeah. there. And, and if you'll remember, they had a pretty hot little room there, right? Yeah, I've been in that room. And uh, so anyhow, I got him a week, a week gig there with, uh, it was with Mud Crutch at the time. This must have been 1971 wow. and two. Wow. And, uh, so they, they go up there and uh, after, uh, after a little while, I'm saying, well, how's it going up there? You know, and uh, he said, well, you know, the crowd's great. We're really having a good time and all of that. He said, However, the uh, the manager of the club there only wants us to uh, play top 40 songs, which was, you know, at a Holiday Inn bar. And, you know, that's what they would want. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, well, how are, you, how are you dealing with that, Tom? He says, well, whenever we want to play one of our own songs, what we tell them is here's a new top 40 hit that just came out. <laughs> it's called, you know, whatever, right. you know, and uh, <laughs> And then uh, they, that's how they got around the uh, club owner, giving them a hard time about playing their own music. That's great. <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah. So anyhow, you know, Tom Petty, you know, certainly had his roots in uh, uh, country. Yeah. Uh, be, you know, being from Gainesville. And I know he was heavily influenced by, you know, Elvis, who again had his uh, roots in uh, country. And uh, love Elvis. Yeah, you know, rhythm and blues and country and, you know, the uh, the origins of rock and roll, I think, are uh, uh, deeply rooted uh, in, you know, country. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, rhythm and blues. There's some jazz in, involved. And, uh, you know, for me, I think the first country artist that I really, you know, got uh, hooked on was Hank Williams. And uh, yeah. Hank, mm -hmm. don't. what do you think about Hank's influence as far as you know, taking 
country and kind of moving it into a more mainstream level. That's that's we consider him one of our pioneers, you know, one of our forefathers, because he he kind of took it from the rural kind of country, just country only to a to a broad popular listening where anybody could enjoy uh, that music and those songs and everybody could relate to uh, Hank Williams songs. I'm so lonesome. I could cry. You're cheating hard. Uh, 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 all, all those songs. He just, he was way ahead of his time, Jeffrey, no doubt. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, you know, fast forward 20, 20 years or so, you know, Dolly Parton, I think was another, mm -hmm. uh, you know, important figure in spreading yeah. country music. Yes. I agree. Her and Kenny Rogers, when they were together and did Islands in the Stream, I thought that took country back into the mainstream again, just like Garth Brooks did, brought country into the mainstream where everybody enjoyed it and listened to it. Yeah, I, I saw Kenny Rogers when he was with uh, First Edition. Yes. Uh, and uh, and that was kind of a, you know, a mainstream group, right? You know, yeah. it was, uh -huh. it, it, and uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, he, uh, you know, he kind of, you know, came onto the scene big time. Yeah. And what what I do find interesting is, you know, my former law partner Peter Laird uh, has represented Dolly Parton for forty years. Wow. And of all the artists uh, that he represent, he said she's the nicest, down home lady. Never, you know, never gets, uh, you know. Uh, uppity or you know short with him or anything else mm. he's always respectful and uh you know i think maybe uh you know you see that sometimes with the the top artists sometimes you know they're the nicest people uh in the world and you know just uh it's it's good to hear that they really they really are and i think that's why i like being in country music because when i go and meet these artists out on the road they are the nicest, down-to-earth, welcoming people. They just, they open their arms and they welcome you. And, and that you can't find that in many other formats of music. So. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, contributes to their success in a great way. I agree. So uh, anyhow, uh, we're nearing the end of the show here on Melden Law and Friends. I want to thank Lewis Stokes from K-Country uh, and... Uh, I, I know that our viewers and listeners enjoyed this show, and we'll be back next week on Melden Law and Friends. Go Gators! <laughs>